Hey, Janet. Hey, Kent. Why didn't the vampire attack Taylor Swift? Why? She had bad blood. (laughs) Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Spooky Halloween! (laughs) I love Halloween. I'm so happy, but I'm not happy it's freezing. I know, I did not get a warm costume. Uh, yeah, no, me either. Me either. Speaking of costume, that's my brought to you by... Oh, welcome to Manny vs. Mommy. That's Kent Hexum. That's Janet Barton. And we are here to celebrate Halloween with you. Yes. Yay. Um, so my brought to you by this week is costume makeup. I don't wear makeup anymore. Any day. <laughs> so to put that much makeup on my face was really hard. So I went as the Queen of Hearts this past weekend to two different parties and had on two different days two different days yeah friday night saturday night and not only did i have makeup all over my face fake eyelashes on i was wearing a bra as well wow both nights by the time i got home i was in so much pain in <laughs> so many ways <laughs> washing my face was absolutely glorious but the makeup turned out great. I'll post a photo to our socials. It was super fun parties. And not wearing I just makeup. Love that's an ambitious costume. Right? That's a lot of makeup. It is a lot of makeup. And I, you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't really time consuming, but it was a little daunting. So I'm glad it turned out as well as it did. I got lots of compliments on it. People said I looked just like her. The hat that I wore that was like a wig helped a lot, but the makeup turned out great. I was pretty happy with it. That's awesome. I went the easiest route I could find and picked whatever costume would ship the fastest. <laughs> I thought your costume was makeup. great. So I went as the Pope. I loved it. And it was so fun. It was so nice and so comfortable. Can I just say that was the most comfortable costume? Yeah, that looked really nice. It was nice and flowy. Yeah. So no makeup. I was great. Yeah. There was another gentleman at the party who went as... Um, greatest showman yeah and he said he normally is covered in makeup and even if he takes off the costume he's still uncomfortable because he's got stuff all over his face or you know his hair's different he said this time it was very nice not wearing makeup yeah. so he just took to... off his red coat and... yeah yeah he was, and he was good to go took off his tie i'll have to remember that for next year but this year we did alice in wonderland so we got tweedledee and tweedledum the blue caterpillar, his name is Absalom, for those who don't know. Um, the white rabbit, Alice in Wonderland, of course. Um, a card soldier. And a rose that's both red and white. And Dinah. And the Cheshire cat. And, then you and the Mad Carla. Hatter, yeah. Mad Hatter and the Queen of Hearts. So it was, it was super fun. That's fun. Like, I like that your family does the... The theme. Costumes, theme it's costumes. tough it's actually really expensive to get yeah. costumes for everybody and because they're themed you can't just generally throw it together you know we did get some things that were from amazon and you know costume places and other stuff from di or thrift store but it's super fun we've done a lot of really fun costumes i think we've talked about some of those before mm-hmm. we've done cowboys and indians dress the dog up that year too that was a long time ago <laughs> We did the Adams Family. We've done the Brady Bunch, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We did Accident Victims and Doctors. Toy Story. Toy Story. We did Mario. So we've done quite a few over the years. I think next year we might do Winnie the Pooh. We haven't done Harry Potter yet either. And those those costumes will be pretty easy to come by. We've thought about doing superheroes as well. 
because there's a plethora <laughs> to choose from. <laughs> That's the thing. Having such a big family, we have to do all the same. Like if we all wanted to go as crayons or, you know, we've never done Smurfs either. There's a lot of Smurfs characters, but not a lot of people know those. Do you really want anymore. everyone blue? Yeah. Makeup everywhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> putting putting the kids in makeup is tough. Yeah. You know, it's it's easier to go the simple route where it's just a simple costume because we could find Winnie the Pooh characters, you know, just mm -hmm. the thing that Genevieve ended up in is like a um, footy pajamas without the footies, you know? Yeah. It's just super simple and it has pockets. Ooh. She's so happy about the pockets, but she keeps uh, dragging her tail. <laughs> But it's fun. She's not used to having a tail. She doesn't know not to drag it. Right. She kept putting it between her legs, actually, and running with it between her legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. So today, I think I am brought to us by Sure Willpower. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long Can I have some? <laughs> no, I'm running out. I don't know. Just periods in your life where you just have to keep going and... Just in one of those little funks where I sure willpower is the way to make it through. On a brighter note, <laughs> I thought it'd be fun today to talk about, since it is Halloween, the psychology behind fear. Let's hear it, because maybe it'll help me process through some of my fears. Is there anything, before we begin, that you're like really afraid of? If something were to happen that involved this, you would just completely shut down? It's really embarrassing. I think I've mentioned it before. <laughs> grasshoppers. Not crickets. Are crickets fine? Or are they crickets the are same? fine. No, crickets are fine. Grasshoppers. Yeah, and generally you don't see crickets. Yeah. You hear them. Yeah. Pun intended there. <laughs> the oh, do I need to go insert some crickets? <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> No, I crickets you don't normally see. And I do. I actually really like the sound of crickets as far as like a white noise. I like when I can hear yeah. them. Um, I honestly, the only thing that I can trace back the fear of grasshoppers to is actually a dream that I had. I was riding in a minivan and I was in between the front seat and the middle row, but on the floor. Like there were too many people in okay. the van and so I was like well I'll sit on the floor or whatever I don't know why I was there but I was on the floor and I looked down and on my left forearm there is a and I think it was on the underside of my forearm there is probably a three or four inch grasshopper burrowing its head into my Ugh. arm okay it's just like chomping away and burrowing and I don't remember it hurting yeah. But I was panicking and I'm trying to get the attention of everybody in the car. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's willing to help me. And this grasshopper is just burrowing into my arm. And I remember feeling this sense of impending doom when it made its way into my arm. I don't know what it meant, but I knew it was bad. That, <sighs> yeah, it just scared the crap out of me. Are you a frequent dreamer or is this no. like... Okay, because that makes a difference, I think, too. No, I'm not a frequent dreamer, and I don't... I, I just... I know I have dreams, but I don't always remember them. Yeah. And typically, they're like the snooze button dreams that are just kind of light on the surface. I don't normally go deep into my dreams. I don't... Sometimes I'll have a dream where I can't punch. I remember having a dream. I can't remember who I was trying to punch. They were down on the floor, and it was like my, my arm was moving through sludge or slime like I just couldn't 
even when I reared back to try and punch the person, it was like slow motion. I couldn't get any power. And I get that sometimes. And where I can't run, I can't scream, yeah. you know, things like that. But I don't, I don't, I'm not a vivid dreamer normally. But that's what started my fear of grasshoppers. And I'm not kidding. I'm terrified. If I lived in Vegas when they had that. Apo- grasshopper apocalyptic. Apocalypse. Yeah, that apocalyptic grasshopper thing. I literally would have left town or not left my house at all. There's no way. There's no way I could have been around them because I see one grasshopper on the ground and I panic and have to go the other way because I'm terrified it's going to jump at me. And growing up in St. George, we had a lot of grasshoppers, mm-hmm. you know, at, during this time of year, you know, in summer or whatever is they, I don't know what they do. I don't care to know if they hatch or grow or whatever they do. But when they start showing up everywhere, there's even baby grasshoppers freak me out. I just, oh. I just can't even. So that's probably my biggest irrational fear. <laughs> For me, it's Michael Myers. Really? Yeah, his performance in Shrek just scared me. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in a family where we loved horror movies. Like, earliest memories of watching movies. When we, when I was seven, we were going to move from Arkansas back to Utah, and we watched Nightmare on Elm Street, and my sister was like, that's weird. The house we're moving to is on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. But the only Hollywood villain monster that has ever scared me is Michael Myers. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. And Halloween, the Halloween tr- series is my favorite Halloween series. Oh, yeah. So I watch them throughout the year. I'll watch the movies. Absolutely love. He terrifies me. So a couple years ago, this is probably four years ago. Uh, my friend and her boyfriend were going to stop by my my house and say hi on Halloween. They were going to come like trick-or-treat with the kids in our neighborhood. Yeah. And so I had left and I pulled up and got out of my car and it's I parked on the side pad of the house. So I was walking around the front of the house and all of a sudden a Michael Myers was standing in my driveway. <gasps> just staring at just you? Just staring at me. I literally stopped walking and could not move. I was so paralyzed with fear. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe anything. <laughs> It didn't register like, oh, my friend is standing right next to this Michael Myers. Just sheer panic. So I don't know what what it is about just him specifically. But even the theme music, if I'm not, if I get caught underwear hearing that, it will raise this like, like my panic. heart starts beating really fast. And I get this anxiety and panic and paranoia. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh at your fear. It's just interesting no, it's it's... because you watch those movies growing up. You still love those movies. <laughs> what and I yet, was... Maybe it's you trying to push past that fear. But like when I was young, my parents had gone out and so I was with my older sisters who were babysitting me and we watched Child's Play. Yes. And I love they... this story. <laughs> so it's, you know, late at night where my parents were watching Child's Play. And then my sisters are like, Chucky's coming. Chucky's going to come get you. Chucky's coming for you. And so it started to like really kind of panic me. And then they went to the kitchen and grabbed a knife and started chasing me around, <laughs> yelling, Chucky's going to get you. So I ran into the bathroom and I opened every drawer. You know the old trick of opening yes, every drawer. So, so they can't get in. Even if they get the butter knife to open the little lock on the bathroom, they still can't get in. <laughs> and I was in the bathtub and they're jamming the knife under the door, yelling, Chucky's here for you. Chucky's going to get you. Oh my gosh. I've never been scared of him. Yeah. You know, I had this possibly potentially traumatic, I'm sure at the time it was, experience, but... Chucky doesn't scare me. Never has. It's Michael Myers. That's interesting. It's like 
higher than the fear of when you hear the Unsolved Mysteries theme song. <laughs> you know what freaked me out as a kid is Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yes. That show got me. That show and uh, The Twilight Zone. Those two. Did you watch either of those growing up? Uh, I did watch some Tales from the Crypt. A but little bit really of Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone, but not much. It was kind of phased out, I think, by the time you were old enough to really yeah. understand it. I remember was, that was some freaky stuff on there. The time that Unsolved Mysteries actually scared me is when I realized that it was real mysteries. Right. It's not like Tales from the Crypt or Child's Play, or you know, I grew up in a household where it was explained: this is not real. Right. This is These somebody's imagination. This is a story that's being acted out. It's not real, so you don't need to be afraid because. <laughs> It's not a real thing. And along comes Unsolved Mystery. Which just is kidding. super real. This actually happened. <laughs> I actually just listened to a story about an Unsolved Mystery uh, and still, of course, Unsolved, a lot of it. Um, but it aired initially on September 12th, 2001. So it didn't get a lot of exposure, as you can imagine. Yeah. People are a little distracted. <laughs> little distracted, yeah. So I would have been so bummed if that was my family member. I would have been like, uh, hello, can you postpone it for a couple weeks, maybe? Take a little bit of a break? Yeah. But who knows? <sighs> okay, so let's get to the psychology of fear. So I found an article on verywellmind.com entitled The Psychology Behind Fear. It's written by Lisa Fritscher. Sure. Fritzer. I'm sorry, Lisa. She says, fear is a powerful and primitive human emotion. It alerts us to the presence of danger, and it was critical in keeping our ancestors alive. I would argue it's still critical in keeping us alive. Oh, very much so. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. <laughs> Shout out my favorite murder. We have, there's actually a really good book I like called The Gift of Fear, written by Gavin DeBecker. And one of my favorite follow-ups to that is Protecting the Gift. And it's about keeping children safe and teaching them because they're really good at following that instinct of that's a creeper. I don't want anything to do with that person. Yeah. And that's why I'm not a big fan of making my kids give people hugs or be oh, nice to them totally in any way. Especially family members. Don't yes. Force don't family force. Members. Don't. No, if they don't want to hug grandpa, don't make them hug grandpa. If they don't like that cousin, that's totally fine. Yeah. And be aware of that as parents talk about fears. <laughs> and I think it's incredible that, you can know and sense that if someone's even looking at you. Yeah. Someone from across the room. Like our bodies are so attuned to that. Yeah. Because that's how our ancestors survived. They had to know. They had to sense that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When someone was watching. Fear can be divided into two responses, biochemical and emotional. The biochemical response is universal, while the emotional response is highly individual. Interesting. So for biochemical reaction, Lisa says, fear is a natural emotion and a survival mechanism. When we confront a perceived threat, our bodies respond in specific ways. Physical reactions to fear include sweating, increased heart rate, high adrenaline levels that make us extremely alert. This physical response is also known as a fight or flight response, in which your body prepares itself to either combat or run away. However, I think a lot of people recently have added in the freeze. Yeah. Fight, flight, or freeze. Oh, and that's what I totally had for that yeah. walking around Michael Myers. I could not move myself. And even when it started slowly coming into view of, okay, so there's my friend Melanie, who's now my roommate. There's her daughters. This must be your boyfriend, Rob. Right. Even when I had and walked through that, I still could not move my body. 
it was a total freeze. That's so interesting. I wonder if he started walking more towards me, what would have happened? Yeah. But just in that, would have we were just both stopped and like staring at each other. And I think, I wonder, looking back, you know, that's the biophysical response. I wonder if the emotional response you had in preparing yourself to come out to your dad was kind of similar. Because I remember you saying you were literally frozen. You could not make your mouth say the words. I could, Yeah, I could not force the words out of my mouth. Yeah. And I think that freeze response is probably more common with the emotional fear that then triggers the biochemical response. Yeah. Because I know rape victims or sexual assault victims will often say that's the response is just freeze. Freeze to keep myself safe because I don't know what this person's capable of as far as physically hurting me beyond the sexual assault. Yeah. When I was raped, that was the thing that impacted me the most at the time was I've said no. I've tried to physically get him off of me. He already had alluded to what a violent person he was. He showed me a very pink, fresh scar on his wrist and said he got really mad one time and punched a fire extinguisher. So whatever happened, he he gave me the indication that, you know, he was capable of violence. Yeah. And so when it came down to it and I, I did it to protect myself, I froze. I had to just check out. I think that's an interesting thought because I... And, you know, this is years ago, so who knows if I've just changed the story in my head. But I don't think I felt physically threatened. I don't think, like, I actually thought this person in this costume was going to attack. Right. Because it's Halloween. I'm seeing people in costumes everywhere. You know, I realize in the moment that this is a person in the costume. So I don't think I felt physically threatened. But emotionally, it probably took but, you back to that childhood And I really fear. want to know what that one thing was. Or what, you know, What caused, triggered it. What caused that. Because, again, that's my favorite horror movie franchise and if i'm prepared and i know i'm gonna watch it i love it if i'm scrolling through tv and it pops up i'm like okay i'm not prepared (laughs) panic (laughs) so the emotional response to fear is highly personalized because fear involves some of the same chemical reactions in our brains that positive emotions like happiness and excitement do feeling fear under certain circumstances can be seen as fun like when you watch scary movies yeah, or ride a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, when you, or bungee jumping, you know, when you push that fear, that adrenaline rush can be really fun and just as exhilarating as the happy. What? <laughs> Some people are adrenaline junkies. Uh, hello. <laughs> Next sentence. You know what's funny? When I was doing births as a student midwife and as a doula, that is total, like, if you introduce me to a birth worker who would, is not an adrenaline junkie, I would be shocked and they will burn out very quickly <laughs> because almost every birth worker I've met is an adrenaline junkie in one way or another. So I don't do well with blood, but I can in the moment jump in and go and you know handle whatever the situation is. It's after the fact that I completely break down and shut down. That's so when so I was working, I was working with mentally handicapped adults and I cut my finger on a tuna can and talked to the nurse at the location Location, and she's like, this may need stitches. I need you to go to Instacare. Drove myself to Instacare, filled out all the paperwork, was there watching them as they were numbing my finger. I, shots Ugh. really have never been an issue for me. Was completely fine. They did, I think, three stitches. As soon as he put the utensil down for the stitches, I passed out. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm good. Goodbye. Okay, I'm in a good space. I know I'm fine. Now I can... Which also kind of takes me back to another funny story. When I was little, 
three or four, we were watching some scary movie, probably the old House on Haunted Hill yeah. movie. But my mom says that there was a part where a skeleton falls out, or, you know, a jump scare with a skeleton. And this is like a 50s or 60s movie, so not jump scares like we are accustomed to today. Right. My mom says I totally, like, fainted. I saw it and just fainted. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> fainting goats. I totally was. <laughs> Where they just freeze and fall over. And I'm sure I had my ALF slippers on because I did not live without my ALF slippers. Uh, Those were my baby blanket growing up. So. Oh, that's awesome. I do have this. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I know I'm okay, I just, I'm out. I check out. That's good to know. A little time to recuperate. Good to know. Kent, sit down. The end is coming. <laughs> I don't want you to hit your head. <laughs> the trauma's almost over. Have a seat, friend. <laughs> Some people are adrenaline junkies, thriving on extreme sports and other fear-inducing thrill situations. Others have a negative reaction to the feeling of fear. Avoid fear, including situations, fear-inducing situations at all costs. And I think that's where I fall. As I'm not an adrenaline junkie, I don't, I don't want it. Growing up, my mom always had a rule that if we go to a theme park, we always have to go on every ride at least once. After that, if we don't want to go on the ride again, that's fine. Well, yeah. How do you know you like it if you don't go? Well, we would go to Disneyland every year. And every year I had to go on Splash Mountain, which I hate. I still to this day don't really care for that ride. Really? Mm-hmm. I just don't like the feeling of the falling. But it also is one of my favorite memories with my dad is him taking me on Splash Mountain, getting to the top and then the fireworks starting. Yeah. So if I didn't face my fear that way, I would have missed out on that opportunity. And maybe another one would have come, maybe not. But that's one of my favorite memories with my dad. So I think it's good. And it taught us that you're going to try it. And if you don't like it, then that's fine. But you need to try things. Otherwise, how do you know? Yeah. I tell my kids with that, that with food all the time. And it's interesting that your daughter, Sam, who's very against <laughs> certain things, is now kind of like, well, I don't really mind it as much. So she's kind of coming around and, you yeah. know, taste change and whatnot. But... Well, and yeah, one of those intricate uh, idiosyncrasies. No, it's not the word I'm looking for. One of the unique things is that she likes raw broccoli, but she will not eat it cooked. Mm-hmm. And the other day she was like, well, it's not that bad. I just prefer this one. Yeah. As and opposed to like tears. refusing to eat it. <laughs> tears. Yeah. Just. Although the physical reaction is the same, fear may be perceived as either a positive or negative depending on the person. I love that because I fear, I view fear as very negative and it's interesting that there's people that view it as a positive, that feeling those emotions as a positive thing. That's not for me. (laughs) Well, and I think it depends on the circumstance too, because I can have a fear that I'm grateful for and that I'm appreciative of. I mean, like for example, the fear of preventing an accident. Whoop, whoop, defensive driving for the win. Yeah. All the time. But that fear that kicks in, I'm grateful for that. That's a good fear. And it does last a while, usually, you know, 10, 15 minutes after it happens at least before I feel like, okay, that moment's passed because that adrenaline is still there from that incident. So my family, as I mentioned, we go to Disneyland, try to go to Disneyland every year. My mom's from Southern California. So we would make the trip back to her home turf where she grew up and go to Disneyland. A couple of years ago, we started renting a condo townhouse from this lady 
that's right across the street from the parking structure at Disneyland. And so we would just walk over to the parking structure, ride the tram into the park. And it got to the point where we wouldn't even ride the tram. We would just walk the distance because it would be fun. And we didn't want to wait for the tram. So sometimes I get a little overwhelmed with crowds. And it was a particularly just heavy night at Disneyland. There was people everywhere you couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. So I told everyone, I, I can't handle this. I'm going back to the house, back to the condo. I just need to, you know, my introvert side needs to break away from everyone and just be quiet by myself. And so I started going and, you know, Disneyland and all the Disney properties, of course, are very well lit. They're very, feel very safe. But I got to this point in my walk home, and this is at night, where I just was like, I'm alone. It's really dark. Anything could happen. And just this major fear just build just build and i it's not like i felt really unsafe usually but at that moment i just felt like get out of here just go mm-hmm. and i don't know if it was just my own psyche or if there was a perceived danger that i don't want to acknowledge but my body had reacted in a way that i never have before because i've walked back and forth by myself before without any thought you know without a double thought so i wonder there probably was something you have to trust that yeah. Whether it's your brain making it up or not, if that was your friend or family member who's having that response in the moment, what would you tell them? Trust that. Yeah, run. Get Better out of safe than dead. Yeah. You know, like there's no reason. And you might feel silly afterward and go, well, nothing happened. Well, maybe nothing happened because you trusted that fear instinct. Yeah. You know, you could have prevented something. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it was nothing, but it's better safe. It's better to be safe. Some fears may be a result of experiences or trauma, while others may represent a fear of something else entirely, such as loss of control. What do you mean by a loss of, like, help, walk me through a loss of control? The reason I drive a Jeep is because I don't like the feeling of a car sliding in the snow. And I think mm-hmm. I have the least amount of chance of getting in a car accident. If I have four-wheel drive Jeep, I feel secure. And I know there are very specific incidents when I was a child. And even one time when I was 19, I was driving my brother-in-law's Mazda 6 on the freeway. And I had gone up to like 30, 40 miles to go pick something up for him and was driving back. And the entire car as I'm driving, you know, on this long straightaway between the Farmington area, right before you get to Bountiful, you know, that long straightaway. My entire car as I'm driving suddenly turned 90 degrees. Oh my gosh. And I was not driving super fast. I mean, this is a front-wheel drive car. My normal vehicle at that time was a Grand Cherokee with a four-wheel drive system. So maybe I wasn't as careful as I should have. Well, I wasn't as careful as I should have been (laughs) because I ended up sliding. But I was still trying to be super hyper-sensitive and the entire car shifted 90 degrees and was just... Just continuing. Continuing moving. Sideways. Sideways. Forward. forward, you know. And I was able to, at that moment, my friend growing up, her dad would always say, anytime we saw us, if you start to slide in the snow, turn, turn the wheel towards you it. want to be and gently tap the gas pedal until yep. you get... No, the brake. No, the tap gas the pedal. Tap the gas pedal. Tap really? The, he told me to tap the I've gas pedal. Because that will give I've the traction to the wheels to get you going. Yeah, that makes sense. If you tap the brake, you're stopping it. So right. So you're wanting to... Uh, okay, don't take this for science. And I'm just, <laughs> disclaimer: this is what he said. I am not responsible if you get in a car accident. 
Google this yourself. But that's what I did in the moment. I heard his voice say, if you ever start sliding, you know, point the wheel where you want and gently tap the gas a couple of times so you can get that traction and get going. So that's I ended up riding the car and just kept going. And then I pulled over at the next <gasps> exit and full-blown panic attack. Yeah. Because I, I, that was traumatic to me. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. So I Luckily still... you didn't run into anybody else. Yeah, luckily there was no one around. There were cars somewhat around, but not too close. Not close but... enough, yeah. And that's why I drive like a grandma. I exactly. never know when somebody's going to do that. And I'm like, blah! <laughs> <laughs> that car's going sideways! Oh, I don't like it. I don't like snow driving. So I drive the Jeep because I want to know I have the best chance. And I feel like that provides me with the best chance. Yeah. Even though it only may snow or I only may need it two or three days out of the entire year. Worth it. I, to me, it's worth it. I love it. Well, I'm also a Jeep fan, so. Yeah. And it does have all the bells and whistles, too. No, it does not have lane departure stopping. Um, That's the only thing I wish I had. You're so I have to pay attention on. to the road. I know. You're it's... so picked on. <laughs> I was telling Life is hard. I was telling one of my kids the other day how... When I first started buying cars, my requirements were power locks and power windows. And then I got to the point where I was like, and cruise control. Those are my three must haves. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. how long have those been standard now? That tells you how old I am. But also now my requirements are very small. I want leather seats so that I can have the butt warmer and I want a V6. That's it. Everything else I care about is standard. Huh. Yeah. I don't care about a backup camera. <laughs> People get so dependent on that. It drives me crazy. It's so nice. I love my backup camera. Yeah, I don't need it. I've never had one. I've driven Carl's car. and well, It's it has so hard it, but... to drive like the van that doesn't have it. It takes <laughs> I'm a glad lot you... of extra thought. I'm glad that you still drive a vehicle on a regular basis <laughs> that, that doesn't. doesn't have it. Otherwise, you would be completely handicapped. Oh, I totally... the Because I didn't drive the van for six months almost like i there was no need to ever take it so i never right. would drive it so the first time i got back in it uh, driving out of backing out of your driveway reversing out of the driveway i struggled it took forever it took i was like where's the guidelines that show me exactly where the vehicle's gonna be make sure i'm not gonna hit the fence <laughs> uh, anyway so that's my loss of control my fear of i've lost control of a vehicle i'm gonna compensate now by driving a vehicle that i feel gives me the best chance and i think there's a lot of things that can feed into that you know with emotional fear as well it says still other fears may occur because they cause physical symptoms such as being afraid of heights because they make you feel dizzy or sick to your stomach even if you're watching a video or looking at a picture and you are in no actual danger because the brain doesn't know if it's real or not. Yeah. Your brain doesn't know. That's one of the things that's so magical about... Shout out to the adult chair, Michelle Chalfant. Uh, talks about yes, reparenting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we bring her in almost every episode. She's like a guest every time. Um, when she talks about reparenting yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when you tell yourself things as if you're five or six years old, which, you know, that's kind of the age where most of us start comprehending things and... You know, if you start reparenting yourself in that way and talk to yourself and give you, you the love that you need, your brain doesn't know if it's real or not. It thinks it's that moment. Yeah. So you can heal the past trauma because your brain doesn't distinguish, oh, this is the adult telling me this. It can process it as if it happened in real time 
Or you can feel the fear, whether it's real or not, Mm -hmm. whether it's real or imagine that fear response is going to be the same. So we were watching a video the other day, a YouTube video with your kids while we were waiting for for Chuck to get out of jujitsu. And it was those commentaries with the animals. Oh, I love those. By, is it Z Frank? Yeah, Z Frank one Z Frank on one. YouTube has some funny. So we were watching one about spiders and just holding the phone with the spider <laughs> on it. I wanted to drop my phone. Like I was like, I cannot hold this one anymore. I don't like spiders, That's but so seeing funny. it up close and knowing it did that thing where it like walked off screen. So yes. I expected it to walk on my hand. <laughs> Absolutely terrified. Me. So I was like, okay, kids, we're done with this video. We, I can't. Let's hold watch the one about anglerfish instead, <laughs> yeah. or the echidna. There's some really funny videos on there. Scientists are trying to understand exactly what fear is and what causes it, but this is a supremely difficult undertaking in light of the differences between individuals in terms of what they fear and why. Well, and fear is an emotion, and you know what lights up in your brain with emotion, right? What area of your brain lights up with emotion? The hippocampus. Everything. Oh, really? Everything (laughs) lights up with emotion. And it's interesting because they can't pinpoint where emotion comes from. Yeah, probably some of the subconscious from the hippocampus, but when you're talking about pain or emotion, things that we create, basically, it lights up the entire brain. There's no agreement between scientists who study fear as to whether it's sort of a behavior, as to whether it's a sort of behavior that's only observable or something our brains are physically wired to do. Mm-hmm. I think both. I I can't imagine it wouldn't be both because we create our fears for Mm -hmm. sure, but we also have those gifts of fear, the the instinctual stuff that's there at the base of our brain from caveman days. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I, I like to think about, and when I was a birth worker especially, think about things from a caveman perspective on why we do the things that we do. You know, why does a woman not labor when she's in fear? Well, because if there's a lion around, that's not a good time to be dropping a baby out, right? So from a caveman perspective, you have to be in a place of comfort and feel safe in order to bring a baby into the world that now you have to protect, Yeah. right? From a caveman perspective. So did cavemen create their own fears? Probably. They probably heard sounds and thought, what was that? And created a whole backstory of what it was. I still do that. (laughs) Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they did the same thing. Yeah. You know? So what part is programmed into us? And what parts learned? And that's one thing that I'm amazed about as we were watching that spider video is nobody taught the spider how to weave this web so it can catch its prey. You know? Yeah. This isn't like something that was taught. It's just an instinct. So what instincts have been passed down through our... Some of them that serve us well and some that don't. Some we don't need anymore. Yeah. Why do babies still have the Babinski reflex? Why do they have that reflex where um, they grip? If you put something in a newborn's hand, it will grip it. And if you run your finger up the bottom of its foot, its toes spread and then grip. Why do we have that still? Just in case we climb trees? (laughs) Well, that's the idea that those reflexes are left over from evolution of being monkeys because as a baby monkey you had to be able to grab onto stuff and keep yourself safe repeated exposure to similar to similar situations leads to familiarity 
This dramatically reduces both the fear response and the resulting elation, leading adrenaline junkies to seek newer and bigger thrills. It's also AKA serial killers. <laughs> yes. It's also for it also forms the basis of some phobia treatments, which depend on slowly min- minimizing the fear response by making it feel familiar. Are there any phobias or fears you'd like to get over? Nope. Okay. Me Not going to face grasshoppers. I was just going to say, I can nope. go find you one. <laughs> nope. 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 I, you know, I've heard that that therapy is useful, but it doesn't impact my life enough yeah. that I need to deal with it. It's not a, you know, it's not a constant thought. It gets in my way sometimes when I see a grasshopper and have to divert my path and I have that panic moment. Because mm-hmm. if anybody sees me walking through a parking lot and watches me interact with a grasshopper, I'm sure it's hilarious. Because <laughs> they don't know what's going on. It's like somebody fighting off bees that you can't see, right? Yeah. So I'm walking down the road or I'm walking through a parking lot and I see a grasshopper and, and I'm always watching for him certain times of year. My eyes are always on the ground, scanning, watching for one coming at me to do nothing. It's not going to hurt me. That's not the point, though. I don't want it anywhere near me. And so if I see one, I literally jump back and will take a different path as I'm watching it. (laughs) Watching it as I walk by. This made me think of Shameless and what's her name? The main character, yeah, Fiona? Jo- no, Joan Cusack. What was her character? Oh, Sheila. Sheila, yeah. And her, like, having to take one step out the door. Yeah. And then two steps, you know, just slowly building up. Working working past her fear of not leaving the house for years. So I need to party with Michael Myers, I think. Ooh. Or just have somebody dress up as Michael Myers and randomly pop out behind me. <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> that would help. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might amplify it. This is how sick I am mentally. I went trick-or-treating with my niece two years ago dressed as michael myers and every time a car drove past i would stop and i would slowly turn as they drove past and walked if someone did that to me i'd freak out and die right. but i had no problem doing <laughs> run them over people. with your car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also i had this you know four-year-old dressed as a fairy princess holding my hand as we're walking that's so, so funny <laughs> i wish i'd seen that oh, i have some photos i'll share some photos yes so she goes on to say the psychology of phobias One aspect of anxiety disorders can be a tendency to develop a fear of fear. Interesting. Where most people tend to experience fear only during a situation that is perceived as scary or threatening, those who suffer from anxiety disorders may become afraid that they will experience a fear response. Mm, I get that. I get that. I have anxiety and I understand that because I didn't realize that I had anxiety until I was probably 35 And I probably had it since I was a teenager, but I didn't recognize that that's what it was. Number one, I grew up in a house where everything was a spiritual problem and you just need to pray it away. (laughs) You just need to be more spiritual and you won't be clinically depressed. Mm, Turns out that's not how it works. (laughs) Didn't make my bipolar go away either. Um, But that anxiety, I didn't recognize it as those panic attacks, which I have had a couple. But that fear of having a fear response is very real for me and my anxiety shows up in needing to control things and you know it's different how mine shows up than for a lot of people that get like the fast heart rate you know the um quick breathing mm-hmm. you know things like Sweaty that palms. yeah they perceive their fear responses as negative and go out of their way to avoid those responses so i have a very big phobia of pain i do not like pain physical pain I don't like it at all. 
So I will do anything I can to avoid. Nope. I'm reaching over to pinch the back of his arm <laughs> oh, right now. Just that spot. little that little bit of skin on the back of your arm. I'm oh, so tempted. No. I won't do it. And we could play odd or even, too. That's a fun game. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, no, thank you. So I go now out I of know my I'm going to inflict pain. Physical pain. <laughs> now I know I'm going to inflict physical pain while I'm dressed as Michael Myers and have the Unsolved Mystery music playing in the background. <laughs> and the theme just intertwined the two. <laughs> oh, could you imagine mixing The it? trifecta. Ugh. A phobia is a twisting of the normal fear response. The fear is directed toward an object or situation that does not present a real danger. Though you recognize that the fear is unreasonable, you can't help that reaction. Over time, the fear tends to worsen as the fear of fear response takes hold. Because mm. so you're your... afraid that you're going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. So she goes on to say, treating phobias. Uh, phobia treatments that are based on the psychology of fear tend to focus on techniques like systematic desensitization and flooding. Yeah. Both techniques work with your body's physiological and psychological responses to reduce fear. Do you know what systemas- systematic desensitization the... Yeah, that, sensitization. that's that incremental exposure. That's Sheila leaving the house one step at a time, mm-hmm. stepping outside, stepping to the end of her stoop, stepping, stepping to the end. So with grasshoppers, it would be incremental exposure, having to touch it, letting it be on me. Oh, I think mm, it's I'm good. so interesting how like a lot of people are afraid of spiders right. or snakes or, you know, these things. I wonder what a spider thinks unless he's a human, like... Right, if it's afraid. It should yeah, be. It should be, because I'm going to smash I'm going to smash, yeah, smash the <laughs> hell out of it. Suck it up in the vacuum. But most That's a great spiders, tactic, by the way, because no. then you don't have to touch it. You know what? Okay. This is as long as side, you have the thing that you can this empty This is a side trash. note. I was reading an article recently about never flushing spiders down the toilet. Oh. I have, I have a pretty big fear of something climbing up out of the drain at me. I, I used to have a really hard time showering as a teenager, because I was afraid something was going to climb up out of the drain. And to be fair, we lived in an area with scorpions and Is that why you don't shower as an adult? <laughs> why I don't shower more frequently than I need to? Yes. See, and I have that fear of showers since watching arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. Of Hell a spider yes. falling down. And oh. My sister and I, when I was 18, I lived moved in with my older sister, who was three. She's four years older than me. Uh, three years. Three or four. I don't know. But we used to have this realistic-looking spider toy mm-hmm. that we would hide different places to mm-hmm. scare the other person. Because, you know, it's fun to scare somebody. And that's just kind of how my family dealt with fear was kind of a head-on yeah, type of let's, fun. Let's, make, let's make fun out of it. And there was one time I was driving in that great Grand Cherokee I had. And I, the sun was in my eyes, so I pulled the visor down. <laughs> and she had put it up in my visor. So it fell into my lap. And I'm driving on State Street, busy, and I swerved completely off the road and was screaming and freaking out because it looked realistic and it fell in my lap. And what am I supposed to do? And I could have very easily caused an accident and was lucky I didn't. Thank goodness. So now I still have a fear of my visor. <laughs> Good thing it's not the same visor. You don't have that car no, anymore. No, I don't anymore. <laughs> but whenever I go to pull it down, that thought always comes to my mind. What if she's put something up there? So traumatized. (laughs) Way to go, Tiffany. And then flooding. Do you know what the technique of flooding would be? Throwing grasshoppers at me a million at a time. Pretty much. Expose a vast quantity of the feared object. Which one would you like to do? I'm totally afraid of millions of dollars. I need that. I need flooding. I'm 
afraid of finding love. I'm afraid of being loved. I was going to say, I'm afraid of love dicks. <laughs> that, was my first, goods? that was my first thought. <laughs> and I just picture like, <laughs> throwing dicks at me. I'm so mature. I'm seriously like a 12-year-old boy. <sighs> I've gone from phobias to Janet's fantasies. <laughs> no, see, it's a phobia. That's oh, why I, I need the flooding. <laughs> Move on, quick. Anyway, it's important that such confrontational approaches be undertaken only with the guidance of a trained mental health professional because these are potentially traumatic techniques. However, in some circumstances, they have an excellent rate of success if you're up to trying them. So maybe if you'd had a counselor in your car with you, you could have processed through that spider incident very well. Well, what I need to do is just go reparent myself in that moment and tell myself that it was a joke. You'd play jokes on her. Tragedy plus time equals humor. Speaking of fear of spiders and arachnophobia, right before or after this spider visor event, I want to say it's probably after, I was watching arachnophobia which is one of my all-time favorite movies because mm-hmm. it just brings back memories of childhood and watching with my siblings and whatnot. And my sister had just gotten a brand new little black kitten, like a tiny little thing, just barely weaned off of its mother. And I'm laying on, we had a big love sack and I'm watching arachnophobia and the scene where the spider like jumps up that exact moment, that little kitten jumped from the couch behind me onto my chest. Oh my gosh. Did you hurt it? I screamed and I, got up and it freaked out because you know the reaction i had all four paws the claws and all of them <laughs> into my chest into my skin <laughs> oh and it my held gosh. on to me and i could not get it off <laughs> and i'm dancing around this living room we're living in a little duplex dancing around screaming in this living room trying to get this spider you know this little kitten <laughs> off my chest and it's dug in and it's freaking oh, out and it's hissing on. at me and <laughs> Our poor neighbors probably hated us. Oh, I bet. I was super loud about that, but, oh, it's just that instant. So in that instant, I didn't freeze. I was fly. You go mode. I was fly. (laughs) And fight, too. Both. I'm going to do both. Um, One thing that I do want to talk about that comes to mind when we talk about fear is the difference between both the fear instinct and the fear response in women versus men. Um. Have you ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever walked down the street afraid so much that you carry your keys in between your fingers as a defensive weapon? No? I've had that key in my hand before. Um, But specifically because you're worried about who's walking behind you, for example. No, but I would preface that with saying that I would not put myself in that situation because I don't want to be in that situation so walking down the street to your parked car in salt lake you wouldn't put yourself in that situation i wouldn't park by myself alone in salt lake and walk by myself on a well-lit street i wouldn't do that i would make sure someone was with me okay i can appreciate that perspective however that's not always realistic Uh, it's not realistic but i wouldn't that's where i could claim my introvert would come in but oh i can't make it i'm sorry oh well that's true so it would hold you back from experiences it would oh it definitely would hold me back from experiences I do remember when we first moved to my favorite house in Pleasant Grove, I was in third grade and my parents were remodeling the house. My mom was at our local chapel doing something with the neighbors in the congregation and a pipe burst in our basement. And so my dad is dealing with, and this is 
this house was built in the 70s, was never updated before my parents bought it. So we had, like, shag carpet that was four or five inches long. Yeah. And water just gushing everywhere. And my dad turned to me and said, as he's dealing with this water, run to the church and go get your mom. You know, this is pre-cell phones. Right. And the church was maybe three and a half, four blocks away. Mm -hmm. But it was night. So I made it like five houses and then went and knocked on the door and was like, hey, I need your help. And it was a friend that I kind of made and kind of knew the family a little bit. And so I felt safe going up to their door. And both the husband and wife answered the door. So the husband went to help my dad. And the wife drove me to the church to go pick up my mom. Yeah. But I remember in that time, I was so scared I could not walk down the street any further. Yeah. So I kind of get the fear response. And maybe because of that experience, I don't put myself in a situation where I would do that again. Which makes sense. But as a woman, I will say that that fear is present more often than not. Um, You know, stopping to get gas. I'm aware of all my surroundings. And and you should be. Male Mm -hmm. or female, doesn't matter. You should be. But generally, when you're talking about getting overpowered by someone physically... You're a six foot four man. I'm a five foot two woman. Who's a better victim? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who, who are you going to pick? Who are you going after? And I, for that reason, I've worked really hard to carry myself in such a way that I am not a victim. Yeah. I am not the kind of person you're going to go for because I do carry my keys in my hand, all of them poking out between my fingers, ready to jab your eyes out with them. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of stuff in over the years that I've worked really hard to prepare myself. And also, like I said, the way that I walk, you're not going to mess with me. I'm not walking slowly with my head down. I'm aware and I'm not afraid to tell you to F off either. Yeah. If, if something doesn't feel right, I don't mind being rude, you know? And I think that's a lot of what I've learned from the podcast. I had a situation, my favorite murder, my favorite murder. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, so that you can stay sexy and not get murdered. Uh, I had an experience years ago um, when I was single and I had these two gentlemen who had been, you know, it was a small party in a friend's backyard. There were maybe six or eight of us. And I had met these gentlemen there and they were not very nice to me. They were, you know, argumentative and um, teasing and, just overall not very nice anyway. Then they asked me for a ride. I said, no, (laughs) no, I'm not putting you in my car, the both of you with me by myself. Like what? Yeah. And I may have been nice enough in the past to go, it's not a big deal. It's a few blocks. I can drop you off, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I did end up having my friend go with me because they're like, we'll pay you 10 bucks. We really don't want to walk. I'm like, now you're talking. I need you to get in the car with me. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I need my friend to go with me and then I'll feel comfortable with it. Male, female friend? Uh, Female, actually. But these were gentlemen that she knew as well. But at the same time, didn't feel comfortable with me driving them by myself either. So it's not like she knew them all that well. But I find that there's just a constant back of my mind. Yeah. And I, Fear. I think for me, uh, so an experience I could, so I can relate it to myself is my sister drove a lifted Wrangler, Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. When she got pregnant with her first child, 
she couldn't really drive around in a lifted Jeep Wrangler because it shakes so much and, you know, it's just... Hard to get in and out of. Hard to get in and out of. She's not feeling great. So she, you know, did it for as long as she can. And then I ended up driving the Jeep Wrangler. And I know when she drove it, she was, you know, she's 5'10", blonde, blue-eyed, bubbly personality. She had pepper spray in it and she... Because it was a soft top as well, you know, it wasn't like the full hard top. And I know that she always was more aware of her surroundings than when I took over driving. I didn't think about it as much. Yeah. So I I can relate that and I can understand. Yeah, and and I'm glad that you can. Because I think there's a lot of men that discount that and go, well, you're just being, you know, overly cautious or irrational. And we just, as women... That fears there all the time because so, of assault rates and because of murder rates. And- so I think on the flip side is I'm very hyper aware of women around me when I'm walking into a store, when I'm uh-huh. going anywhere. So what's the appropriate response? Because I need to go into the store. I need to go get this thing. I'm not trying to be around you. In fact, I don't want to be around anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you can sense that you're making a woman uncomfortable, just stop. Just stop walking. And then proceed walking again. That's the biggest thing. Because if I can hear a man walking behind me and I'm aware that he's walking behind me and I start getting uncomfortable and I might start speeding up my walking. If he's aware of that and he just stops, I feel so much safer. And and being aware of it as a man, I think, is a big thing because you want to be nice and you want to offer to help a woman to put her groceries in her car without being creepy yeah. you know what i mean and, well, and i don't perfectly I yeah you can see where some men do um greg was very much that way he always wanted to help women and you know people thought that he had an ulterior motive that he was hitting on them or mm. he's like no i'm just trying to be nice yeah and i find that men are less able to do that these days because you know of the constant fear that we have as women and you know but ted bundy was real nice he real was real nice yep real charming and it's easy to fall for that. And so it's better to just be rude sometimes. Sorry. Like, if I don't feel safe, I'm going to be rude. And I'm totally okay with that. Which I don't I mind think being, is fine. I don't mind being called names. I'd rather be called names than dead. <laughs> or sexually assaulted. You know, I just, I think it's, I think it's a little different for men and women. And I think it's really easy for men to just be aware of it and sensitive to the fact that you might be making a woman uncomfortable unintentionally. You know, it's not like you're just living your life. You're just doing your thing. You're not trying to be a creep, but you don't know what her past experiences are and how she might be uncomfortable. So it's just, you know, it's good to be sensitive to it and, and aware. Any final thoughts? Um, I did have a Michelle Shelfana don't quote <laughs> I wanted to share, but I can't find it now. So I guess not. I just... The part I have a hard time with is being made to feel like I am a predator when that's not me. Can someone make you feel a certain way, though? Can someone make you feel threatened? No, I have to choose it still. So when I do walk around in stores or when I do anything, if I have one of your kids with me, I don't get a second glance. Right. If I am by myself... Sitting at a park, watching kids play. Yeah, that's creepy. (laughs) Don't do that. If you have a kid with you, totally fine. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. I hate sitting at a park watching kids play. Yeah. It's just, to me, it feels like people view me as a predator. When really, I'm just trying to make sure your kids are safe while they're playing and doing their thing. Well, and like I said, you know, if they're going to take it that way when you have no ill intent, 
that's on them when you're just sitting there not doing anything creepy because you don't give off a creepy vibe either. You know what I mean? Not that I've seen. I mean, you are, uh, what's the word? You're just tall. You're a big guy. Mm -hmm. And so that alone is like, oh my gosh, if that guy wanted to hurt me, he could. But also, if I'm by myself, I am more in my own head and I'm thinking through things. So, you know, I might not have a smile on or seem as approachable because I'm thinking about stuff in my own head and I'm just going along my business. But I think it's creepier if you're not in your own world and you're completely engaged in this world out here and watching and observing. Does that make sense? Like if you were somewhere people watching and not up in your own head, (sighs) which people people watching. watching is so fun. But if you're people watching in such a way that it gives off a creepy vibe, that's different. So I don't know. I I get your fear of coming across as a predator or people making you feel like a predator. I don't know if it's really a fear of more just an annoyance. Like I just get annoyed that I get perceived this way and nothing you can do about how people perceive you. And if people don't like you. F them. That's up to them. (laughs) You know, if people don't like me, I'm like, well, I can't please everybody. So whatever. I just, you being like, be mindful of how other women feel around you. If you're walking behind them, stop. Is there a reverse to that? Is there a mindfulness that should come from women of? I can see just being courteous, I guess. But again, you come back to the F politeness. But if I interact with someone like you or someone like Greg that's wanting to be, you know, helpful and I can feel that everything's okay, I'm fine with it. I trust my instincts that way. And you're going to run into women who are completely fearful all the time. Mm -hmm. That anxiety runs rampant and they're making up this story that you're trying to hurt them even when you're not. And if that's the case, okay, bye. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to interact with you. So as a, you know, if it's an overly anxious woman and somebody who, you know, is making men uncomfortable because of how uncomfortable she is, that's something that she has to work on. That's not me. (laughs) So I don't know. I had a thought, but it's gone now. So maybe it's time to end. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Enjoy your your Yeah, post your pictures on our, we'll start a thread of your Halloween pictures. So share your costumes with us. I love seeing costumes. I love seeing the different things that people come up with. We saw some really great ones at the party over the weekend and it's, it's a lot of fun. So share your pictures with us. We're on Manny versus mommy, M A N N Y V S M O M M Y alphabetical order. Of course (laughs) on all the social media, we, we interact the most on Facebook. So jump on, uh, post your photos, Rate, subscribe, review on whatever platform you listen on. We sure appreciate it. I love that you just always do the outro. Because you never remember to. (laughs) Let's be honest. Well, now I'm like, okay, time to move on to the next thing. Goodbye. I love you. Love you. Bye.